There's beauty in every layer, so take time to discover. Hey, it's T and Roma. Welcome, Welcome to Layered by Love. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. <laughs> back for another episode this week. What episode yes. are we on this week? Number... Ooh. Oh, four. Four. Oh, wow. Episode four, girl. <laughs> we are doing big things. Time is flying things. already. <laughs> yes. Well, how was your day? So far, so good. Been busy um, running errands. My mom errands this morning. Um, Trinity... They just got done taking their star test. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, they're um, celebrating today. So, I volunteered Yay. to bring some cookies and stuff like that. Look at you, Miss PTA mom. <laughs> Look, I have not joined PTA and they, <laughs> okay. they are aggressive too. Like, really? they, they want you to join. And I'm like, <laughs> we're only going to be at this school for a year because, you know, we're buying the house soon so I'm like mm-hmm. I didn't want to like get attached to this school the so I was school. Like, I'm good thank you <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the invite <laughs> well that's sweet yeah what about you what do you do today nothing really like I said earlier my uh allergies I've just been chilling trying to lay low even like when we go <clears throat> for walks like I don't know. It's like something's different in the air, child. Like, my eyes get itchy, so I'm just struggle city at the moment. But so, do you get um, shots and stuff, or do you just take pill? Like, what what do you do? No, because it's usually not that bad. But this year, it's been like my allergies have been like on another level this year. So I don't know yeah, the pollen's to- just a little stronger or what, but. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to find some solutions because every morning it's like sneeze city at my house. Everybody's like back to back sneezing. So, I'm oh, like, girl, but, it's a mess. Yeah, and I've never had them, so I'm like, um, I don't know what to do for you guys. I know. <laughs> Outside of taking a Benadryl and walking like a zombie all day, but girl, I'll tell you that, just chilling. Well, cool. <laughs> so this week, I'd like to show love to Tiffany, the budgetista. She is a wonderful source of um, resources when it comes to financial literacy, especially in our community. Um, The financial literacy gap is pretty large when it comes to like minorities. And Tiffany, the budgetista, she sheds a lot of light and teaches everyone um, basic financial strategies, goals, tips, and tricks. So definitely check her out. She is the budgetista on Instagram and I believe she has a website www.thebudgetnisa.com yeah definitely check her out she's been on the Steve Harvey show she's been on the real she's been on I believe CNN so she's she's out there doing doing her thing okay well I will definitely be looking into you and thanks for supporting our community Tiffany yes all right so for today's love it or leave it picks are you ready i'm ready okay would you (laughs) would you rather pee on yourself in Uh front of strangers never see them again but they will forever talk about it amongst themselves it's all over the internet (laughs) or would you rather pee in front of someone that you know but they don't mention it they just you just know them and you see them every day Uh Oh, so (laughs) (laughs) I know. 
<laughs> speak your truth, boo. Speak your so truth. So I think I would definitely choose um, a person oh. that I know. Really? I, yes, because for okay. one, I feel like I would be the person that like goes on the internet one day and, and so and like sees someone's post of this random person I never met. I was like, yeah, I was at so-and-so today and I seen this girl and she peed on herself. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> so I would rather pee in front of someone I know because for one, I can explain it like, hey, listen, this is what happened. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like they would feel so bad for me that they just wouldn't talk about it anyways. So, <laughs> See, and I'm the opposite. I'm like, y'all I don't know y'all y'all don't know me y'all didn't see it was my twin or it wasn't even me yeah they they'll never see me and uh no it was an accident Mm -mm. (laughs) they probably had like a uh, took a little quick picture I'm on there squat oh see now (laughs) you adding to it but okay (laughs) yeah you're right yeah but no if 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 it were if I was in that situation I'd rather be strangers because I've fallen in front of strangers I've, you know, tripped. You know how you like trip and think that you were cute? <laughs> but I've done that a lot and that has nothing on my mom. Oh my gosh. One time we used to live in this little duplex thing and mm-hmm. my mom was like going out or something and she swore she was so cute. So we had some stairs and so she uh-huh. like called both me and my sister down. So we're at the bottom of the stairs and she's at the top and she she doesn't really wear heels that much in general. So uh-huh. she had on heels and everything and she starts model walking down the All stairs right. prancing because she's just so <laughs> proud of herself and how she looks. Girl, yeah. when I tell you, she fell oh, all no. the way down <laughs> those stairs. <laughs> oh my, oh my god! It was the most hilarious <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. And oh, I'm bad. Yeah, we still talk about it today. It was it was hilarious. Hilarious. And I was like, that's what you get. That's exactly what you get. <laughs> hey, she was styling and profiling, okay? That's you know you don't know doing. how to walk in no heels trying to come down some stairs. So. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Well, yeah. thanks for playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we talking about this week? So, how often do you code switch? Hold on. <laughs> what exactly <laughs> are you talking about, like, as far as you know, like, like an example would be like, "Hi, my name is Barbara. How are you? Nice to meet you." Like uh, probably daily. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> like when you're amongst a certain group of people, or just um. Okay, so mean? my code switch is more so. I I do it a lot when I order like fast food or yeah. something like that. I code switch then. Um. I also do it when I like make appointments or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then also when I'm talking to a certain group of people, uh, it's so funny that you asked that because I was just telling Chris like about, I've noticed that Trinity's learned, like she's learning how to code switch mm. and she's in the process See? of it. And so yeah. I was just like, I never thought it was something that I would even have to like teach or that would be, learned from my behavior but yeah it's definitely it's real out here so I guess the reason why I bring that up because that actually is a great kind of tie-in is when and why do black people us in the community why do we why does that happen so like for our black experience navigating this world like isn't it interesting that 
that's actually a thing like yeah and it's actually a thing that isn't talked about like I haven't really heard anybody actually say it out loud that we like we talk differently in certain situations I think that we do it though for one well I'll I'll name the reason why I do it mm-hmm. so in when I'm talking to you or friends or my mom or something like that I'm already proper no matter what right but um I feel like it's it's you know just me talking to a friend it's not that big of a deal but when I'm on the phone or ordering or something like that I feel like I have to give an extra little something on it for one either to mask that I'm black so that they don't mm-hmm. know that I'm black mm-hmm. um, I'm really good at at sounding like a middle-aged <laughs> <laughs> Caucasian woman Caucasian <laughs> on the phone but Uh, to mask that I'm black so that I'm not automatically treated poorly Mm -hmm. Um, and then sometimes when I go out or something like that I feel that it does make a difference because I feel like if I go talking like myself I guess um, they'll be like oh it's just another black person that's not gonna tip or not gonna do this or not like a a stereotype a negative stereotype stereotype. Mm -hmm. so I feel like the experiences that they usually have with us are not always positive so I just like to be extra nice, extra kind. And then on top of that, people are handling my food. So I'm going to be right. extra nice regardless. Just in general. Yeah. Do you think that that's a learned behavior? Because the stereotypes, are, are other races actually experiencing that? Or is it um, something that they're just taught and it's just an assumption? Because I find that um, when I'm in different circles of different races, mm-hmm. they are taken back by, I guess, my presentation, the way I carry myself. But that's just naturally how I was brought up. But And I, I feel like that's why to... I do it. I feel like because that is the exact reason why we do it. Because the fact of before you even met me, you assumed that I was going to say, hey, girl. but even then like what's wrong with someone actually talking like that why are we as a community like embarrassed because I feel like there's like a level of embarrassment like oh lord when you know when people say there's too many black people it's like oh lord like yeah you know what I mean I feel like we just it's 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 not it's learned behavior because the experiences that we have are real with it if mm-hmm. you come there and you talk a certain way or you look a certain way or you dress a certain way, you will be treated a certain way. Right. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're exempt if you do sound like you have education and you can pronounce your letters and, mm-hmm. you know, syllables and all of that. But it it kind of does make uh, make them take a step back and like, oh, well, they're not what I thought they were. And right. I would rather you think... I surprise you and me not be what you thought I was mm-hmm. than for me to be exactly what you think I am, you know, right? because I'm yeah. comfortable and I want to be comfortable. I feel like black people don't have the luxury to be comfortable in this world. Right. It's just something that <clears throat> we just kind of, we're going to have to deal with. And so I've just kind of gotten used to it. So you mentioned like you've always talked proper and all of that. And that makes me think of, um, have people ever called you bougie um yes but not necessarily because of the way that I talked but um because like carry yourself yeah because of the way I carry myself but I have you know had the typical thing said to me by another black person 
which is you talk white. Right. Which I, that always, that always irritated me. Yeah. Like anytime I've <laughs> ever heard anyone say that to me or any, anyone, it's always like, what does that even mean? Just because I can talk or enunciate my words or can articulate and you can hear me or. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know I, I don't get and it and I, I wish whenever it was said to me I had a way to like I guess articulate what, yeah the way that I was feeling at the time but I couldn't find the words at the time because I was mm-hmm. so young that mm-hmm. I was just like okay like uh, the, you know not the first time I heard that okay mm-hmm. whatever but um, I wish that I could have when I was that age been like okay so I sound white so are you saying that you sound black because you don't pronounce your words which means that you're saying just because I sound educated, I sound white. Does that mean that mm-hmm. only white people are educated? You know, right, so. right. And speaking of education, like you know, we went to the same schools all the way up through college, and I wouldn't say it was a predominantly white, but it was. It was probably it, like seventy five percent or sixty five percent white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was randomly like talking to Brian about like school like elementary school and like the different songs we would sing and I started singing like the color songs like P-U-R-P-L-E oh yeah purple I started singing that and he looked at me like I had two heads he never heard of it before no he was like he was being funny when he said this he was like yeah I never we never did songs like that if anything I heard you know Biggie Smalls it was all a dream I'm like (laughs) first of all you're being so dramatic so what are you talking about anyway but um I was just saying that to say like the education in different areas like yes can be different I guess the quality of the education and um the lack of resources can sometimes have an effect on like a child's upbringing. Well, I definitely second that because, okay, whenever we were growing up, the school that we went to was predominantly white or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we did have black people there um, Mm -hmm. and other races as well. But now the area that we grew up in is predominantly black Mm -hmm. and their education system has completely went down. When we were there, it was an A plus you know, B rated school. Mm -hmm. Now it's like a D and you can definitely tell the difference, the quality of teachers that they hire, the quality of the education to the point where uh, Chris and I decided that we were not, we didn't want to raise our kids in the area that we grew up anymore because it was getting bad. Yeah. And not saying it was getting bad because of black people, just the, um, the pride in the education was there and not there anymore. Not to get confused because I don't want our listeners to think like we're bashing or like no, no. but it is without a doubt like um fair to say resources follow our other you know races. Our, yeah. So, and that's what I'm saying. Whenever yeah. more black people moved in, white people left, which meant that the resources left. They didn't as well. care as much as about donating to that district or to that school because it was like, well, it's just black people there. We don't not saying that black people ruined it, I'm saying the resources left mm-hmm. because no one cared as much. So speaking of education, I know you had an experience Yes, your daughter. So, of course, I just said, just mentioned that we decided we were going to raise our kids in a different um, area in better schools and things like that. So the school that um, my oldest daughter is currently at, she it's like when I say predominantly white, it is white there. I have 
we have been here for seven years and my daughter has never had a little black girl in her class. I'm talking about in her whole grade. Mm-hmm. She has like there might have been some mixed kids. Um, there's definitely been little black boys, but there has never been a little black girl that my daughter could form a friendship with or anything like that. So needless to say, it's definitely predominantly white. Um, so last year for Thanksgiving, they wanted to do a heritage project. And I thought, you know, great, that's cool. Um, so each kid had to um, go home and mm-hmm. ask their parents um, things about their heritage and where they came from and all those type of things, which, you know, first looking at it, I didn't think much of it. I was like, okay, cool. So after I sat down and read the questions, it asked you to name the country you were from, um, the uh city maybe even in that country that you were from Mm -hmm. um the way that the people dressed in that country the way that what kind of um what ways are are that is that country different than the united states Mm -hmm. and and i was really taken aback by the by the experience because i'm thinking in my head are y'all serious like you're gonna send a little black girl uh african-american black girl home with a project to, to to basically track where she came from when you know good and well we don't know where we came from yes we were from africa but as far as like a country pinpoint you can't yeah, pinpoint where I can, exactly i cannot pinpoint a country in africa that i'm from mm-hmm. so and i girl like, would have been hot yeah so <laughs> i called all kind of friends i called roma i called a few different people just to make sure that i wasn't overreacting about the situation because i was just like okay maybe i should just take a few different perspectives from it and see whatever the people say but everyone that i told um reacted the same way it was just like why would you send why would you be so ignorant to the fact you know you guys are teachers you went to college you know you guys are very well educated right and you know that um obviously that there might be black people or even other people of different races that may not know where they came from because Mm -hmm. of the history of that race or that culture or whatever Mm -hmm. so with you guys knowing that we were brought over here in slave ships you're gonna ask me in 2019 to pinpoint where you know where i came from like i don't Mm -hmm. know unless i do an ancestry.com and i'm not doing it so y'all gonna pay for it (laughs) exactly like i shouldn't have to do a dna test for a third grade project and so i was so upset oh when i tell you i was so upset like i was going Mm -hmm. to go to the school i was going to write a letter i was going to do all this stuff and I decided not to for uh, reasons that I won't disclose, but mm-hmm. um, I just felt like it was it was better for me and my energy. But if we continue to stay at the school this year, I definitely and, and this project comes up again. I definitely think that I'm more level headed and more, you know, in a better place to handle it right. and to, um, you know, address the situation, not only because it'll help me, but because think of all the other little black kids in this school that y'all are giving this project to. And so whenever I. uh I did the project. I got mad. And so I just put United States for everything, for all the answers. Mm-hmm. And the teacher sent it back. Mm. The teacher sent it back and said, no, this is wrong. We are talking about where you came from. And so to me, it, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but like that right there, that's like 
that's kind of like a slap in the face like exactly and she didn't tell me of course she sent it through trinity mm-hmm. and trinity came home like mom no she says not the united states like you know like where our ancestors came from and stuff like that and um i was just like are y'all serious right now like I was like, the only information I have is the United States. Yeah. So that's where we're from. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to send a smart note. I Like I said, I had to like basically like pray on this for like a couple days right. and figure out like what is the best way for me to not only not cause attention to my daughter because my daughter ha- is oblivious to the situation. She has no idea right. what's going on. Like, do I cause a scene and go up there and be the black parent that, you know, which I don't care about. And because- even that in itself, the fact that you even have to think about like, yes. oh, I'm the black person. I'm the black woman. I don't want to already be categorized as the angry ba- black woman. Like, yeah, when really it's like every- all the power is like taken from you before you can even open your mouth yeah you know these are just thoughts that you have within your mind and that you have with you know like me your your loved ones people that you trust um and that understand where you're coming from and i just the the level of unfairness is just you know and the fact they were they well to me it seemed like they were just like very oblivious like oh well no she just did it wrong but them not knowing, yes, I know that I'm from Africa, but the actual country, you know, that Africa is yeah. a continent, right? Right. Not a country. Right. The actual country that I'm from, I have no idea. And you know that I have no way of knowing that. Like, right. you act like I just came over here. Which, speaking of that, goes into Roma. And, um, mm. you know, she actually um, does know the country. Yeah. That and that's from. the thing. It, like, if we weren't friends, who would you have been able to, like, gather Go, gather information from information so from. <laughs> for the project what i decided to do the ending um solution that i decided to do my best friend roma her, her mother is from ghana so i that was the only country in africa that i really knew anything about mm-hmm. so i basically put that you know, I had my daughter go there and put down Ghana because that was the only thing that I knew any information about but that mm-hmm. was not accurate i had no idea right. so for me to have to even lie basically on a thing just to complete a a, a, a project for a third grader was ridiculous Frustrating. yeah yeah i'm i'm annoyed all over again yes. but um <laughs> like you were saying like yeah my mother's from ghana and my father's from the islands and me being um like a first generation um american um just your experiences just my experiences yeah. just kind of different i guess my next point or question would be like, do you also suffer from like pressure, f- like from society? Cause for me, I've, I've, I'm very blessed to say that my mother wasn't like the typical um, African parent, African parent <laughs> that was like, Oh, you know, you have to go to like, there's no excuse. You have to go to college, even though I knew I was going to go, but like you have to go to college and you can only pick from the three degrees. You can be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. Like there's no ifs, ands, buts. Like my mom was very lenient and like flexible on that. You know, she wanted me to do what I love and um, just go after it. And she, you know, she knew that she raised a child that is a go-getter and I guess, you know, she didn't really have any, um, any doubts yeah, or worries. worries. Yeah. But I, I do have friends of African descent and, um, their parents were very strict on what it is that they could 
pursue in college mm-hmm. and they're miserable now like Yes, they've gotten the degrees, but they hate what they do. So it's like trying to navigate that is difficult. And I'm saying all that to say, like, there's pressure there. You know, the pressure that you you get from your parents and then just society, just by looking at you, you're already at the bottom of the totem pole. And it's it can be um, very um, difficult, overwhelming, you know, and I didn't really realize that for myself until... I transitioned out of college into the workforce. I mean, I've worked, you know, since I was 16, but when I was in my, my corporate job, that's when I really noticed it for myself. Cause even in college, you know, I've always, I've made friends with everyone. Like I don't discriminate. I make friends with everybody. So it wasn't really a matter of, you know, I'm getting pressure from the, you know, different races outside of black that, you know, make me feel some kind of way, but it's like, I don't know, like high school, elementary, I feel like we lived in a bubble. And until yeah. <laughs> you've graduated high school, you graduated college, then you're really out, you know, what they say, in the real world. Yeah. That's when it really hits you. And it didn't really dawn on me that I'm like carrying the weight of pressure and the society's views of me and my culture. I didn't really notice that until my corporate job. And also, I think that our the time frame that we went to school, Mm -hmm. it was also a different time frame. You didn't see all of these, you know, racial incidents on TV. And Mm. it wasn't it wasn't a a trend for racism wasn't a trend. Well, social media wasn't available. Yes. So So that yeah, that definitely played a Mm -hmm. big role. Social media being active. um, It wasn't there whenever we were in school. So we got Mm -hmm. to live our lives without all of the you know, the pressure from the outside world and we got to actually grow up and be kids. Um, But it's going back to what you said, as far as like, do I feel pressure? I think most definitely. So we have two different pressures going on. So you being, um, you know, the first generational um, U.S. citizen in your family and coming over here, you have that pressure of making sure you do everything right and making sure that your, you know, your family sacrifices to come over here and their hard work to get here you know, don't go in vain. Mm -hmm. As for me, and me being the actual typical um, Black American who I don't know who my ancestors were, I don't know where they came from, I don't have a, um, you know, a track of my ancestral DNA. But um, so me kind of just trying to make it in Mm -hmm. a in a world that was never built for them. Mm -hmm. um, I have the pressure of just trying to be something better than they were so uh, with me I guess you could say I try to make sure that my parents that all the sacrifices that my ancestors that I've never even met never even known it was not in vain so um, we have slate the stain I guess you could say the black Americans we have the actual stain of slavery um, on our backs and so we have to deal with slavery ended and us already having a setback, you know, we didn't have anything. We had to literally learn everything. We didn't even know how to read, mm-hmm. you know, being thrown into a world where you can't even read. And yet there's policies and mm-hmm. agreements and things like that. So us just kind of climbing out of, I don't know what the word is. I guess you could say I get where the crabs in a barrel reference came mm-hmm. from because it literally is us just all being at the bottom of the bucket, just trying to make it, trying to get out and mm-hmm. trying to, um, I guess, just see 
light in in life and um, erase all the stains that we have on us and mm-hmm. um, try not to be bitter and try not to you know have all these resentments in us and just live our lives the way we were meant to be but when you start off like you know if you're in a race and you start off a hundred yards behind everybody it mm-hmm. is kind of hard not to be bitter when you lost because you know it's like I didn't even get a fair fair start start mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah that's my pressure of just trying to make sure that my parents their sacrifices um and all the people that went through so much here in this country don't go in vain so me just trying to be a better person and kind of close the gap I guess you could say just me Mm -hmm. trying to close the gap that's that's my pressure so with the crabs in the barrel or bucket metaphor when you ever hear that metaphor yeah it's usually like talking about black people not like a supporting one another or Mm -hmm. wanting to see each other succeed instead of like helping lift each other out together like the mentality is just really um screwed like misconstrued in the the age that we have right now everybody is on for the most part the uh, even playing field like you know we do still have our setbacks and things like that and other races do have advantages over us but for the most part we're in in um on the same playing field so we're we're in better shape than where we where we were Mm -hmm. so i try not to point fingers but at the same time white people still to this day have yet to acknowledge the um the impact that slavery had on us so Mm -hmm. you guys literally instilled all of these things through fear through violence through torture through so many things that um you know black people have went through and for someone that you have to be around day to day Mm -hmm. to not even acknowledge that some of the things that are still going on today Mm -hmm. are stemmed from slavery Right. So us, you know, turning against each other, that was beaten into us back mm-hmm. in the day. And, you know, we had to, you know, they had used to have some of the black men fight each other for money and they yeah. would bet on us like animals. That A lot that goes into, I don't want to play the blame game, but of course, um, when you, when all the, all you have is one piece of bread and there's 15 people. Of course, y'all gonna have to fight over that one piece, one of, piece bread. of bread. Mm-hmm. So, but in in other races, it's like we're not fighting over bread because everybody got bread. You know right. what I mean? So we all eating. Yeah. <laughs> so I just feel like the economic, you know, standpoint that we are in as Black people, it's it's just we're so used to having to fight over so little that we have we feel like we have to pull each other down in order to advance which i feel like you know over the time over time um now everybody's starting to get into entrepreneurship and um you know making their own way and things like that for themselves Mm -hmm. so they're starting to of course have their eyes opened that there is enough money for everybody you don't have to you know pull anybody else down to get to be successful right um so i but i do think that it originally all of this you know the way that we treat each other the way um the violence the all the things started from the setback that we had from slavery right that's i mean it it's an um it's an impact that obviously still affects us today yeah and and even to the point where we don't even know um you know our original last names we still have the last most of us still have last names of our slave owners and that Mm -hmm. should just kind of give everyone like an idea like yes slavery is over it was a long time ago but 
mm-hmm. the the after effects, the Jim Crow, the everything that has led up to now, it's not over. Mm-hmm. And the effects are still, you know, alive and well today. But how do you feel about, you know, Black people supporting Black businesses? And what's your take on that? Do you, um, are you a Black business supporter or are you? Oh, for sure. Su- for sure. Um, I know that we will most likely do like a whole episode about like Black entrepreneurs and like entrepreneurship. But I definitely think it's important um, to circulate the dollar. Our resources are there, like, and but we're so quick to throw it to other, other yeah, um, other companies, and and and, and they know no, it too. Yeah, <laughs> and it's no fault of ours or anything. It's just the convenience. Like you know, I know a lot of um, business owners um, that start up. Like it takes money to make money. So if you're already kind of operating at a deficit, it can be difficult. You know, mm-hmm. dealing with different wholesale companies, like for instance, like the beauty care industry or the mm-hmm. beauty supply industry you know, the mass production that a lot of our Asian counterparts are able to provide at such a cheap rate is just baffling when you compare it to a Black-owned beauty supply company. Um, It can be difficult. So, like, their inventory might be a little low. So, or they may have higher markups because that's the only way that they can make their money because they can't negotiate deals with people overseas because a they're not from there or they can't speak the language like there there can be a lot of barriers but um they ain't got the hookup they don't have the (laughs) hookup they don't have the hookup but um i do think building an infrastructure or um building like a collective that will help support black owned businesses is very critical and crucial like even i know we spoke a lot earlier about like the negative but let's not get it twisted. Black is popping, okay? I love being black. <laughs> yes. Like, hands down. Like, I'm proud to be black. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Our culture is so rich and, like, full and vibrant. I mean, yeah. just look at the music, the fashion, you know, the food. Like, everything, we have our hand in it. You know, regardless of if, it was like appropriated or whatever we you know where it was sourced from like we're magic you know what I mean (laughs) great but sorry I went on a tangent but no like when it comes to supporting each other I definitely think it's it's crucial yeah I feel like um I feel like the only thing in this world that is going to get us respected is money you know I'm so proud honestly that there's so many people starting businesses especially black owned businesses it's such a thing nowadays Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like that you know like 10 years ago but now people are actually learning the value of our money and our business and I feel Mm -hmm. like if we get to a point where we can support each other um and get everything that we need through each other and not and it'd be an option to spend our money outside of us. Um, I feel like we will get more respect and we'll get the changes that we need. But if you, you know, are dependent on certain things, I feel like people have you by the bootstraps, mm-hmm. <laughs> not to my country reference, but by mm-hmm. the bootstraps, because, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you're saying you want equality. Yes, you want change. But at the same time, I have milk and you need milk so I can make you do whatever I want. I can make you pay whatever I want. You know, Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. have to change anything because I personally 
don't need anything from you, but you need something from me. So I feel like once we make the change and the switch um, as far like economically and Mm -hmm. start um, investing in each other, because regardless of if you don't like another black person or regardless if, you know, that person said you talk white or whatever, we all go through the same experiences and the downfalls and stuff you see on the news. It affects us all. Mm-hmm. And um, we're all on the same team at the end of the day. Um, that's why you see, you know, Chinatown and yeah, all of Hispanics, <laughs> you know, they have their sides of everything because I feel like if you stick together, you they can't move you that's why chinatown in is in pretty much every major city in the united states no matter if we don't respect it or what because it's it's them banding together and um saying hey we support each other and us together is way stronger than us not together so once Mm -hmm. the black community finally gets our spot our little section of the world i feel like we will we will finally get the respect and the change that we have been you know wanting and demanding for so long everything starts with the with the dollar dollar bill y'all <laughs> <laughs> so with everything being said do you feel um we were talking about pressure but um mm-hmm. do you feel that we have to be perfect do you think that we have the same um leeway to make mistakes as other people or do you kind of think that it's this in our heads we do we can't make mistakes you know (laughs) it's like you gotta move smart even if smart means doing something super basic Mm -hmm. I know people get kind of like worked up and or not kind of they do get worked up when we talk about police brutality and like you know all the negative that comes around being black in this country in this we in this country you know or literally in this yeah. world but like we literally have to operate move and navigate through the world different very smart yeah. and different not to say okay when it comes to police brutality i'm sorry i'm all over the place but when it comes to po- police brutality even if you if you're polite you comply you know you you have all the degrees you look them in the eye, you're nice, like, it still doesn't, it can, it, it still doesn't matter at times, you know what I mean? So the pressure of being perfect, like, literally dotting the I's, crossing the T's, like, trying to tiptoe and make everyone else feel comfortable, that can be draining. Other races aren't thinking like that, you know, they don't, think they don't don't have to think twice about oh if I come across the police or oh if I just walk in a store that I frequent all the time pay my good money like I would never steal or take anything but I have to make sure that I look like oh here I am yeah looking at clothes I'm not stealing like look I'm willingly walking in front of you you know like doing all of these extra you have to put on a performance every day. Yeah, definitely. You have know to what dance. I mean? We have to dance. Every definitely have day to dance. So to make other people feel comfortable. And so, I, yeah. Sorry. And other other races, um, they want to put themselves in the category with us. You know, we're all minorities. We mm-hmm. all have to um, deal with certain things. But at the at the same time, other races have the um, privilege 
to be a minority or to not be a minority when they want to based off pick and choose yeah yeah, I feel like no matter what black people do no matter if we have the education no matter if we have you know the proper grammar or we dress the part we live in the nice areas we will always be black I feel like if um you know other races Hispanics Asians things like that if they you know, transition themselves, uh, you know, speak, learn really great English, get the degrees, get into the nice neighborhoods, they will be looked at as white. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they can be transitioned to the white culture, and they will be accepted. That's Mm -hmm. why you see so many, um, you know, if a if a white person um, brings home a black, you know, companion to marry, um, it's probably going to be more of a bigger deal than it would be if a white person brought home an Asian or mm-hmm. a Hispanic or, you know, something like that, because no matter what we do, we will always just be looked at as black and mm-hmm. we don't have the luxury of yeah the luxury of just even making a mistake, being young, you know, doing dumb things. If a black person has done made a mistake or anything like that, it, that stain will always be on them that we don't have the luxury I feel like if I went out right now and Mm -hmm. went and punched a 80 year old woman in her face I'm probably gonna go to jail for a couple years like my sentence is gonna be longer I was thinking forever (laughs) yes exactly like we even though that's that's my first funny yeah but... but I'm 28 I've never been in jail I've never had any type of you know uh criminal record but it doesn't matter like I feel like we're looked at as, oh, you did something bad. You're automatically bad for the rest of your life. So I'm going to give you as much time as I possibly can to keep you off the streets. But I feel right. like, you know, when someone else makes a, a bad decision, it's like, oh, you know, you know, I'll give you a break because it's just one bad time. Just a slap on the wrist type yeah. thing. Yeah. But I also think that that has a lot to do with money. Black people don't have money. Therefore, we don't have lawyers. Therefore, we don't have bond. Therefore, they know for a fact if they sentence me to a certain time or to a certain bond, I can't pay it. So therefore, I'm going to serve. I'm either, you know, I'm going to serve that time regardless because I don't have the money. So Mm -hmm. I feel like they know, you know, white people might or whatever, you know, race might have that money. So they might not it's like a wait kind of a waste of their time you know what I mean it's kind of like a, a, a what are they called hamster wheels like mm. like they it's a cycle mm-hmm. like we don't have money therefore we don't have freedom Oof. and that's I mean this subject could go on for hours and hours it's just it's sad but it um it's it's our reality and I feel like you know no matter even us being who we are the type mm-hmm. of people we are you know, doing the great things that we're trying to do in this world, it's still a reality. It's not just, um, you know, certain Black people that deal with these type of issues. And I feel like, you know, other races or the white community might think that, oh, you know, T and Chris, they would never have to deal with that. It's just those other, like, we literally are looked at as, oh, not your kind You're an exception. Yes, as an exception. And that's the thing, like, there's no exception. We're all the same, like, we all deal with the same things no matter what yeah it's it's a a topic that can go on forever for sure (laughs) and I guess to wrap it up we can't forget that yes black people we have been bent but not broken and I don't want to sound cliche but we are very resilient and I know that even though we are resilient 
we can still be tired. You know what I mean? Like the weight of the world can be tiresome, but we hard carrying that on your back, carrying, you know, just the daily experiences that we have. Right. It's tiring, but like Mm -hmm. coming from someone who, um, you know, coming from the bottom of the barrel, uh, no matter if I was black or not, I was literally born into the projects you know, on my birth certificate, but everybody has a choice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like your choices define your life. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you're born, no matter what type of money you are born into, or, you know, aren't born into, um, everyone has a choice and your choices are who you are and not where you come from. Amen. So to wrap everything up, I have a little quote for everyone to take with them this week. Okay. Um, this is also by Miriam Hasna. So I have a couple from her, but um, yes, we love her. (laughs) Yes, we do. Um, So this one is, there is a freedom that comes when we no longer allow the things other people do and say to control our mood, well-being and emotional state. And I feel like that's perfect for us right now, because no matter the experience that we had, no matter the way people see us in this um, world, freedom comes within ourselves. So um, if we're able to gain freedom in our mind, none of those things matter. No matter, It doesn't matter about racism. It doesn't matter that we're poor. When we learn freedom within ourselves, I feel like that's when we'll be able to really prosper in life. Awesome. Well, yeah. thanks you all for um, joining us again on another episode. Yes. And uh, we will definitely see you guys next week. Yes. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed, please rate, comment, and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you, so send us an email. We're at layeredbylove at gmail.com. Also, follow us on our socials. We're at layeredbylove across the board. Until next time, remember, there's there's beauty in every layer, so take time to discover. Bye. Bye, y'all.